With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast called 25 Whistles Talking Football. So yeah, it's stupid, but what did you expect? It's a podcast called 25 Whistles. 25 Whistles. Welcome. 25 Whistles presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app. Use the code Bobby Sports to get in on the action. Eddie Blois. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, Raymundo from the Sore Losers will be here today. You. So you guys be sure to check he out said the Sore. will be here, but okay. He's he kind of jumped in early, I know. <laughs> it was kind of a tease, like you were going to come on later as a segment, but hey, whatever, man. You guys check out the Sore Losers uh, sports show as well. They're on one more time a week than we are. So when you can't hear us, go hear them. Or maybe you like them better. But go listen to the Sore Losers. Thanks, Raymundo, who will be here later. Right, everybody? Later. <laughs> uh, coming up this episode, UNLV head coach Barry Odom, wide receiver from UNLV, Jacob DeJesus, with, he's the leading returner in the country, punt yeah. and kickoff return yards. Yeah. So all that coming up, but let's get started now with the tittle-tattle. It's time for the stupidest name ever. It's the tittle-tattle with kickoff. All right, tonight you got Utah and Oregon State facing off, and then tomorrow Colorado and USC in the morning. Are you going to finally find out if the Pac-12 is any good? Well, here's the thing. They're playing each other. It's like the SEC when people go, the SEC is great or the SEC sucks. But if the SEC is only playing each other, you only... It's like Ohio State and Notre Dame when they played. You're like, are they both awesome or are they both Mm. mediocre? I don't know. They're just playing each other. What's interesting for me to watch is Cam Rising. Is he going to play? And if he doesn't, Utah continues to win without their starting quarterback. And he was dressed for part of the game last time. He showed up. He dressed. And then changed at halftime. Like, are they just screwing with him? Oh, interesting. Well, so he was ready to go, and then halftime, he's like, fine, I'm just... I don't know play. if it... No, I don't... He was... He <laughs> That's had, what it looks like. He had pads on, and he was out in warm-ups. But then he, cha- he, was, he came out in shorts mm. and tennis shoes at halftime. So, but they've been doing this with the second-string quarterback, and they're top 10. Why are you looking at me so confused, Kevin? No, I just, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't see that, so I'm just like, It's only only something I would notice. It is. 
And if it didn't happen, are you sure it was Cam in the sweats, dude? I <laughs> he's pretty recognizable. You can, yeah, he is. Hey, Mike <laughs> D, will you Google and make sure I didn't dream this up? I swear he was wearing pads, and then he came out and wasn't wearing pads. Did anymore. you just dream this? I don't know. I could. It was yeah. his twin brother who like he Ram, Hey, dude, come down to the field, hang out. Ram rising. Ram rising. <laughs> <laughs> if you talk and keep winning with a second string quarterback, and their defense is so legit, not good. Um, excuse me. What? Not good for Cam. Oh, oh. <laughs> not oh. good. Uh, but but or is it? So what what do you, what do you mean? If yeah. he comes back yeah. and they lose with them, is it all his fault? Well, yeah. I mean, if your backup's outdoing you, that's but not it's, a good but thing. But here's the thing: he's only throwing for they're averaging like 180 yards a game. So it's not that he's out chunking 400 yards and six touchdowns a game. Okay. He's let's call it dilfering it. Okay. Whenever the Ravens won their Super Bowl, it's because Trent Dilfer didn't mess the games up and let their defense score points, let their defense stop them. What'd you find out about Cam? Not seeing anything right now. I, I tell, I promise you it happened. <laughs> uh, that would be crazy if it didn't happen and I made the whole thing up, which could have happened. But I, I don't think we're going to see anything about it being good. But I, I do think the Pac-12 is really good. Yeah. It's hilarious. And they're not even going to exist next year. However, if I were the Mountain West, I would just call myself the Pac-12. That's it. I'd just switch and be the Pac-12. Or however many teams there are. Because that does not exist. Mm. So I would be the Pac- The brand is cooler than the Mountain West. Yeah. UNLV's in the Mountain West. Yeah. So they'd be, right? They'd be in the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, and the other game, which is the USC-Colorado game, everybody's just saying Colorado's going to get run by 100, which makes me feel like they're probably going to not get run by 100, that they may actually play okay. USC does not have a good defense. They do have the greatest quarterback in college, but they don't have a good defense. And I feel like even though Colorado's offensive line is not the best, I feel like Shadar Sanders is good enough to actually score some points on that USC defense. I don't, do not think Colorado's going to win. But isn't this probably like 20-something? 21 21, yeah. I mean, Colorado looked like high school kids against Oregon. So, I mean, I don't... USC, they're not little dudes. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty stout team. I know their defense isn't that great. I, just from what I saw last week, I'm feeling like, oh, man, I don't know. This could be a repeat. So you... But last time you bet Colorado to cover. Correct, and they let me down. Right. So I'm kind of burned by that. That's them. what this yeah. is about. I'm yeah. burned by them. I think I'm not betting it, but I think I might bet it. I think Colorado covers, though. It's at Colorado. I think Colorado covers. Does that make a difference? That it's at Colorado? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and they have a lot of people coming to the game. Yeah. Now, are you sure it's at Colorado? Yeah. Positive. Uh, <laughs> are double positive. <laughs> He's got his eye on the screen. Yep, yes. yep, yep. Ray, what has been your take on Colorado this, this season? Uh, last week was really shocking. I mean, the Oregon crushing them was unbelievable. It was fun, the 3-0. and Now their schedule's tough. But yeah, this is a really tricky line. I'm avoiding it. I had it on our parlay, me and my wife's, and I said, screw it. The plus 21, it's obvious USC's going to kill them, but are they? I mean, that just happened last week. So you're telling me the same thing's going to happen again this week, and Vegas is like, yep, here's your line. Just go ahead and bet it. Same thing's going to happen. I, I think I think no. I would almost, even though it makes no sense whatsoever, do the plus twenty one and a half. If I was to bet, and it. I think I'm going to bet it and take Colorado plus twenty one and a half. Oh, you're crazy touching that thing. And what I do on this show, Ray, is I let every listener know how much money I've bet every single bet where I am through the year. It's com- I do complete transparency, yeah. and so I think I'm going to bet that. Not nothing crazy, like fifty bucks or something. Hey, just to keep it going. Ray, those numbers are outrageous. Well, and I know Colorado is very interested because the over-under, it was two and a half before the season on how many wins they're going to get. And they have three, and then they moved it to three and a half. But, I mean, they're right there. So the people that bet the whole season are about to cash out, you know, a month into the season. There's an extra level of energy of these teams playing Colorado. It was like, there's like... Of course, Deion Sanders is the greatest thing to happen to college football in 30 years. 
Like if you have Dan Lanning saying like, this ain't Hollywood, this ain't Hollywood, baby. It's, it's creating wrestling storylines. Yeah, we love it. It's fun. So here's where we are. Uh, total this season. Take us out, Ray. 65 combined bets. I've bet $8,474. Overall, I have a winnings between football, college football, NFL of $445. I just heard 65 bets in four weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I told him, call the number. (laughs) So So you show notes for NFL on the year. I'm plus $1,039 with 35 bets. 10 times your money. And NCAA, I'm down 581, 581 bucks, but I'm up overall 445. So I just don't want our listeners to go. He's telling me much crap, not doing it. That's the only reason. Love it. It ain't to flex. Love it. Yeah, because if you really watch any of these shows back, I do. I watch and listen to a lot of different sports shows, and I'll write it down. You know, Pat McAfee, he doesn't make predictions, but he has guys on. I'll write out, write down the two picks that Mike Lenardi or Mike, uh, maybe that's his name, Lombardi. Lombardi. He mm-hmm. he'll give them. <laughs> I think he gave Broncos, and they lost seventy to twenty. So I'm just like, <laughs> sometimes sometimes you just have to write down these experts and then go backtrack on them. I did hit last night on Detroit. Minus three and a half. I smoked them. Yeah, That's yeah, impressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were, I don't know what the game started, but I live bet in the first quarter. I think it was only like two. Was that what it, well, yeah. it went down to three and a half. And so I jumped on it for like 150 and then fell asleep because I've been exhausted and then woke up. I didn't even watch the game. I just, felt like, I just felt like they were going to run and they did, which is great. So mm-hmm. did you guys watch the end of that game? Uh, no, I turned it. That's really dude. I, I'm kind of big on, on watching ends of games. Like, all right, you know, let's just see what happens. That was the first time I'm like, nope. Sam Houston state was playing on another channel. I'm like, let me watch that. You flipped. Yeah. Okay. Next question. <laughs> okay. The two schools are set to face off on the football field on Saturday, Notre Dame and Duke. Which program do you think is hated more Notre Dame football or Duke basketball? That is Ooh. a great question. I'm just going to go Duke basketball because they have had a consistent head coach who has been the face of the program. So to know them is to hate them and to know them as consistency. So Coach K being there. I think their fans are a little more obnoxious. I think they've had, they've won more consistently as well over the last 25 years in Notre Dame football. So it's easier to be a, a real dick whenever you win. But I'm going to go Duke basketball is worse than Notre Dame football. And just leave it there because Notre Dame football disappoints so much. Duke has a number one recruiting class, number two recruiting class, even if they don't win the national championship. So we got to hear about them winning something all the time. Yeah, true. Notre Dame has kind of become a joke. You know, mm. with Ryan Kelly there, they did make it to the playoff, and yeah. they, they. But there were there was a lot of run in between where they just were not good. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. Duke is hated more, but let me ask you guys: Who do you hate more? I'm gonna go Duke, just because they're just nerdy. Rich kids. I like, oh, the rich part's big. You know what yes. I'm saying? But Notre Dame's rich too, but yeah. they, but it's not presented as that. That's a great point on the, nerdy, shut up. Like, the rich part though, <laughs> I, I agree. When they show the crowd, they just look like, what are you doing? Get back to, you were just studying five minutes ago. Go back no, to the No, I studying. don't mind that part. I don't. <laughs> you go to Notre Dame, they've been drinking all day. Like, I, that's my kind of people. Okay, what do you think, Kevin? Honestly, I don't hate either of them. And of I've, course ne- you're a I've never fan. hated either and of a Red them. Red Sox fan. Because <laughs> they get so much hate, and I'm just like, I kind of go against the grain. No, you don't. You're yeah. on a team that's hated, so you know what it's like to win all the time exactly. and be hated for it. Yeah, so I love that's it. It's not, not going against the grain. Interesting. That's you're one of them. Because it makes everybody else mad when they win, so I'm all for it. Yeah. I love it. It must be nice to have winners in your just your life. He's yeah. a Red Sox fan and a Patriots fan. Hey, but he's from t- California, t- so it's okay. all confusing. Okay. But he's had a couple years, though. Raymundo, who do you hate more? I hate Duke. It was they were always good when we were growing up, and Notre Dame, the Christian school, good Christian kids, Catholic. Catholic. Yeah, yeah, and also, <laughs> and here's another reason it's easier to hate Duke 
you know their faces. <laughs> so yeah. imagine the player, and you can go through 15 of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know them because they play basketball and they don't wear a helmet. So you can associate like a J.J. Redick, who I love now, but didn't, lo- didn't like him at Duke. Loved him. You did it, Duke? Oh, yeah. Loved him. But, and I love him now. But then I was like, I don't like this dude. Or Christian Leitner. Or, but we know, we know what they look like. Have you ever like not liked or hated a, a Notre Dame player? No. Right? I, I, no, I just felt bad for Tao. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah you got I don't know any of the Notre Dame players. Rudy. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's older, dude. He's from the 70s. Hey, who knows? All right, next up. <laughs> All right, NFL here. Current three-point underdogs on the road in Buffalo. Do you think Miami is still getting disrespected? No, Buffalo's really good. I was watching. I got on a TikTok uh, rabbit hole of watching Mike McDaniels and how he was running all of his motion from inside out instead of outside in and how it was affecting the linebackers in coverage and how they scored so many points. Uh, let's say there are three wide receivers that he lined up on the left. Yeah, I'm trying to picture it. That farthest left receiver who's off the line, mm-hmm. they would then send him out toward the sideline and make one of the defensive backs or linebackers move, showing not only man coverage, his own coverage, but then they would start doing the guy in the middle. And if a linebacker had him and the linebacker would run, well, the outside guy, the motion would be so quick the outside guy would go with them as well, and it would leave Tyreek open in the middle. It was interesting. It's like a, I was watching a master class. So I don't think it's the Dolphins aren't getting respect. I think the Buffalo's really good. Josh Allen's been playing great again. I also I, I just still I feel like Tua he's just gonna take a hit. I still feel like he's just sensitive. He's gonna get hit, get a concussion again. You can't get respect in like two weeks. You know, like you have to, and the Bills have get, earned our respect. But like, the Bills, they beat the Raiders and Washington. Well, no, I, this year's a little different. But the last oh, like, yeah. four Agreed. years, they've gained our respect. The Dolphins, like, all right, you've had a good start to the season. We're in week four. Who but, wins that game? Miami. They're, they're in Buffalo. <laughs> Having said that, Miami. <laughs> I think no, Miami but you made a good it. point without that. It's like Miami, it, there's no disrespect, but it's not like we're going to respect you for always being good if you haven't always been good. Correct. True. Uh, you say Miami. Miami I'm going to go with this. Miami, too. They started hot last year, too. It's all about Tua. I'm going to go. I think Buffalo wins this because Miami just scored 70. I don't think they've caught their breath They don't yet. got any more? I don't think they caught their breath yet. <laughs> They're, <laughs> done. They're done. Raymundo, you? Yeah, the NFL is a really big flip-flop waffle game. It, I just feel like Miami played so good, I would easily go Buffalo this week. Really? Not betting it, but that's what I would They advise. didn't even have Waddle last week. Right. Yeah, he's back. So, I mean, they you would think, in theory, oh, they should actually score more than 70. But well, that's not the case. There's that's only not- one ball to go around. If they could, like, three <laughs> balls at the same time. But, it, like, A-Chain, awesome. But now they're talking about in the Jonathan Taylor trade sweepstakes. Miami's, like, one of the top two teams oh in. My God. So how many crazy. running backs? You can only play a couple. There's only one ball. So you got Mostert and A-Chain and Jonathan Taylor. And people are saying that the running back position is, like, obsolete. Well, it only is if you're not using it. In a way where you're also a receiver. Okay. Are you playing H A in this week? Yes. I picked him up. I'm still I've deciding. had him. I drafted him. Eddie, smart enough, wanted him before the season started. Yeah. He was like, I wanted H A. You mm-hmm. picked him up. And I was like, I'm going to hold him. It wasn't a big, I watched him at Texas AM mm-hmm. and knew he was lightning. He was a stud. So I didn't know if he'd even get to play because he's small, but I didn't trade Eddie for him and I'm happy I didn't. Yeah, you yeah. offered me that trade and I, I was did. Like, Eddie didn't take him. I didn't take it. I did I offer. For Pierce, too. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Houston's Pierce. I thought I was smart. I did offer him a trade. Eddie's just scared of every trade because he thinks everybody's trying to get him. No, week one. Week one trade, I'm a little weary of. Yeah. yeah. If you guys are playing A-Chain, then you definitely don't have that great of fantasy teams. I got him just chilling on my bench. I don't think that's true. Oh. But I what mean, do we know? Miami does. They do split. They do split carries. I mean, he's, that, he's a backup. That's what I'm scared of, Ray. I don't know if I'm going to start him yet. But he's not there. But but he's, he's not their running back anyway. 
he's playing running back, but it's not like they're putting him in to actually run the ball 25 times. Mm-hmm. They're putting him in at the running back position to run it eight and to catch probably six or seven passes. See, the catching is huge in fantasy. So mm-hmm. if a guy's catching and it's well, PPR league. then maybe you do, then there you go. Then you probably should start him. But also, if you probably should do anything in fantasy, well, you're wrong. <laughs> That's right. That's so true. you never know. <laughs> My uh, wife wins. Who's the worst team? Okay, perfect. I'm going to do a defense against them. Oh, great. They played great that week. Great. Oh, you guys still play defense in your league? We got yeah, rid of we, defense. Uh, we, we got rid of kickers. But defense, kickers. Is, is that good? You got rid of <laughs> kickers. <laughs> defense and kickers. We cut. Interesting. Oh, no, no. Our, our league is so stupid. The defense that gave up 70 points, the Broncos still got 10 points because their kicker got a kick return touchdown. It's worth 14 points. Interesting. And I played them. But thank God we did beat them. But. I played... Huh. They still Mostert. got positive points, and they gave up the 70. second most points yeah. in the history of the NFL. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's insane. That's a terrible commissioner of a terrible league. That Speaking I'm in. of, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Speaking of, what? Uh, wh- why did Miami not go for the extra three points? Humiliation factor. That it, it, that would have been a humiliating thing to kick a field goal and to set the record. Set the just record. to simply set the record that you'll probably never ever get yeah, close to again. I don't think that was what McDaniel's wanted to do. Dang, and they I said would've... it's the trophy he doesn't want. He's yeah. going in end game. You can get both. True. You, you, true. <laughs> you, true. What's wrong with both? One was right there at your fingertips. <laughs> I don't understand this. I think just the unwritten rule of if you don't have to punish someone, don't punish them. But you have to understand their backup quarterback came in and threw two balls, just threw two balls, and threw two touchdown passes because the defense had already been like, ah, screw it. So it yeah. wasn't like they were gas, gas, pe- gas, pedo, right. gas, pedo. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but in 30 years, they're know, like, oh, wow, they hold the record. Cool. Who was the coach? McDaniels. That's awesome. Like that forever you'll go down is that coach that scored 73 points. Hey, who was the, the coach that scored 73 last time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well talked about record there. <laughs> go ahead, Kevin. Next question. Last one here with a dominating win last night in Green Bay. Have the Lions officially taken over the NFC North? The Vikings are 0-3. Ooh. Kirk Cousins has more pass yards than anybody else in the NFL. Justin Jefferson has more receiving yards than anybody in the NFL. And the Vikings are still 0-3. Kirk Cousins not losing games. What's crazy? He's but playing the, great, actually. But the, but the Vikings are not winning games. Last year, all those games they lost were one, one score. Games they won. Vi- victories, yeah, yeah. And now it's kind of catching up with them a little bit. Uh, the Packers are 2-2 two and two after losing last night. I still think the Packers have a shot. Obviously, Jordan Love is pretty good. Um, the mm. Bears, I, mean, I think the... I, I know everybody hates the Bears and thinks they're going to be the worst team. I, I think the Bears win this weekend. I think the Bears, they're in disarray. They had a coach get the FBI come to their house and <laughs> yes. go through and... Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, look it up. Not good. <laughs> Not good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zone out for a little bit. Let me research this. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Lions... What's crazy is the Lions will be playing as a different type of team. They've always been the underdog. To hear the Lions are the favorites, which they were going in as well mm-hmm. in that division... But yes, I do think they will win. But have they officially taken over? I'm going to say no. I think the Packers still have a shot, even though they lost last night. I think all four of those teams are still in. I know everybody hates the Bears, and I'm probably dumb as a rock for saying that. I don't hate the Bears. I just don't think about them. I ever. Agree. All right. Um, thank you, Kevin. That's Tittle Tattle. Twenty-five whistles presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app. Use the code Bobby Sports to get in on the action. Here is the parlay of the week. This Hold is it. The, what? Let me get my count up. You're gonna write down the note like Ray does. I'm gonna bet it. Yeah, I feel pretty good about this one. Make sure you get those lines. Yeah, I feel pretty good. Um, Utah's getting another point since the last time we talked, which is yeah, good. That I line like that. keeps moving. I like it. So Utah plus four and a half. Got it. South Carolina plus 12. Oh, got the glove on. And Alabama minus 14 and a half. So you'll be able to find that 
up on DraftKings. More smiles than frowns. That's the parlay of the week. I feel pretty good about it. And we'll do our guarantees in just a minute. What's that pay, Eddie? Gosh, man, I can't find the Alabama game. Okay, well, let me know when you do. Okay. If you want to take the 25 Whistles Parlay, you can check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, use the code Bobby Sports when you download the app. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. See show notes for full details. Now, All right. Three-game parlay plus 589. What are you betting on it? It's under $10. And it pays? $10 will pay you $68.98. Smiles. Yeah, there you go. Woo. That was close. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Now we'll get the head coach of UNLV, Barry Odom. Coach Odom was head coach at Missouri, then defensive coordinator at Arkansas, and now he is the head coach at UNLV. I'm going to say we we went that it, it was awesome. It was great. He's awesome. Their facilities are amazing. It's super cool. Yeah. Coach Odom's. You follow him on Twitter at Coach underscore Odom, and here he is, coach of UNLV, Coach Barry Odom. Coach, first of all, when we pulled up, I hope this is a compliment, but your facilities here, not that I, I knew what to expect, but they are amazing. Very nice. Yeah, they had a vision on what they want UNLV football and athletic department to be, and and they set out and got it done. And this is one of the nicest facilities in in college football, and it's a football uh, building that is has everything under one roof, so it's so convenient for our student athletes uh, right on campus, and and it's a wonderful place to come to work every day. When you recruit a kid, and you're also working with their parents, obviously you got a couple people to convince. I feel like Vegas would be either awesome or difficult because it is Las Vegas, or maybe a combination of the two. Do you kind of have to look at each individual kid and? kind of understand their values and how you need to approach Vegas with them? Absolutely. And it recruiting is relationship building, but also there is a space for everybody here. As much as you want to be in the entertainment, the food scene, the concerts, the sports mecca of the world, that is all here. And you can get away and be in a mountain in 30 minutes going on a hike. Um, I've embraced the opportunity to sell Vegas because there's one in the world, and we're going to use it. And I think you look at how does that fit for a student athlete. They look at the opportunity of what this place can turn into for them. When you say student and student athlete, because there are so many resources here, and uh, culinary, for example, food. I, I mean, if you wanted to, because not all kids get to go and play professional football, obviously. There's probably a lot of avenues if you go to school here and the relationships that you can make in the different parts of Las Vegas no that you could turn that into a career as well. And I think the moms and dads would probably like to hear that too, right? Well, the service industry here, our hospitality school is the number one in the world. But then you look at all things that are here from um, everything on the strip, the gaming commission, There, there's an avenue to create your future, uh, whatever your interest is. And I think that's in- interesting for us to be able to sell not only as a university, but our city together, how we collaborate and, and make it work for, for every individual kid we have. Do you also have to have a like all hands on deck meeting with freshmen going, okay, you're Vegas. There's a lot, there's a lot out there. Like you got to chill a little bit too, because it can be overwhelming. The education piece is really, really important because it, you can find trouble if you're in Las Vegas or Fayetteville, Arkansas or Memphis, Tennessee, if you want to find those things in any college town, you can find it. But but we talk a lot about what do you want to be? What do you want your career to be? We're going to graduate from college. But then if you're really invested in being a great college football player, then here's the path you need to go. And there's times that I want guys to enjoy all the things that are here uh, within reason, but also you know, big picture, let's look at how important it is step-by-step step to stay on track. When you were the uh, head assistant or whatever the term was at Arkansas and defensive coordinator, it wasn't like you were out of head coaching for very long, but a few years. How many years were Three you? Three years, yeah. So it's not like you were in prison for 20 and you're out and you're like, look at the billboards, <laughs> they're electric. So but was there a change with 
being a head coach from three years ago to today? Absolutely. It, it changed, it's changed the landscape, in my opinion. It's changed dramatically. When I was the head coach at Missouri, my last year as the head coach was 2019. And then the three years in Fayetteville, uh, we didn't have NIL. Well, some people had it. This wasn't legal at that time. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so that transformed. The portal was not you know there was you couldn't transfer unless you were a grad transfer so i think the education piece for me as a head coach to see how we navigated through some of those things at arkansas uh planned and helped me because i knew i'd be back in the chair again at some point and it gave me the opportunity to see it from a different lens for sure is there a uh, like an investment in the relationship with the player that you do not get to commit let's say they go and they hit a different school so let's say they go to usc or they go to ucla but you've spent a bunch of time with them recruiting them and it's still valuable because if they do change their mind because now the portal allows them to if they say it's what they want to do they can leave is there always like i'm just gonna possibly fight for second place too i think the general you're absolutely right the the general principle in my belief is if you really think the kid is a is a a fit for your program always recruit him and never you you're going to come in second or third at times but another year from then he may come calling back um that he wants a change of scenery and he liked the relationship we had and there was a common ground for whatever that he was looking for that he had enough interest he would want to maybe come back here we were driving in and we just grabbed a car and we're talking to the driver. I like to kind of just talk to folks in each area to see what they're passionate about, how they feel, their temperature on even the sports programs. And the guy was born and raised in Vegas, which is kind of a unicorn because most people come come in and I said, so you you know, be football fan. He goes, massive UNLV fan. And I said, so how do you feel about the program? He goes, I think the coach we got now is, yeah, I think we're, you know, I don't know him very well, but I think we're going in a good direction. He goes, but we, we just haven't won. We haven't been to a bowl game in forever. He's just talking about five wins, five so can you win here? Absolutely. And I think, Bobby, I think we're going to win at a high level. Um, I don't think it's a five-year plan. I think it's a right-now plan. Um, the mission is to compete and win championships, and there's no reason we can't do it here. You guys play Michigan, and you lost the game. And I don't know, Eddie and I were talking about it. You lost 35-7. to seven. That doesn't seem that bad. It's not bad, Coach. I know that sucks to you probably because you're the coach. You lost 35-7. to seven. But we were looking at we just stats and mm-hmm. – the offensive philosophy and uh we really weren't doing that yeah, we're not we're, like, oh, yeah now we're buying we're just actually looking at pictures <laughs> sounds good yeah yeah when you play a team like michigan and you lose 35 to 7 at the end of it you're like oh thank god we, it wasn't like 100 to nothing i thought we were going to go compete which we did um you know we went to win the game they are built like a playoff team uh we're not yet i mean i think they're 28 and 3 in the last two years um, they're a really good national championship contending team. That, And I told the guys after the game, that's the standard. That's what we're working to get towards and to um, let's learn from our mistakes. Let's correct them. Let's try to improve from week to week. Um, there's going to be times through this process that you run into a Michigan. Um, I think it's always good to see where you stack up. Did, I felt like, and I watched a lot of the game, as I went back and watched it on the on ESPN seventy two, whatever the app is. Again, I didn't feel like you guys looked completely overmatched. I just felt like eventually they were just bigger and faster. But when you finish a game like that, and I know it's moral victories are not a thing, did you 
did you have confidence in your guys more so after that game? I thought we made improvement from week one to week two. Uh, week one, we played Bryant University, one big. Week two, kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. And and I thought we made improvements. Um, you always want to win, like we're talking about. But we made a big jump in the how we performed from week one to two, two to three. And now the challenge is to do that every single week. You got a Vanderbilt program that came to town. And a very much improved Vanderbilt program. And you, you guys beat them. You you were not the favorite going into the game. You end up beating them. So were you able to take stuff from that Michigan game? And then what did you, what have you been doing? Have you been getting better through the first three or four games this season to, you know, as you're trying to get to, you know, hit that high get yeah. three quarters of the way in? I, I think our practice habits have aligned with giving us a chance to play winning football. Um, I did. And I started, I told the team early in the, in the Vanderbilt week, I watched as much film as I could watch. And I told them on Monday of that week, I said, we're the better football team. Did now, you believe it or did you say? I, I absolutely believed it. And I've got a lot of respect for Coach Lee and what they're doing. And I think they're going to win games this year in that conference. But I, I felt like we had matchups that we were better in. And I thought that if we would go execute and had a really good week of practice and those habits aligned the way they should, that we'd have a chance to win the game. And our kids played extremely well. Um, we've got a little edge to us, which is good. Uh, we have a long ways to go. We understand that. I think our margin of error is is zero. Like, we can't go turn the ball over three times and not get any back and think we're going to win the game, but it's not that good yet. Um, so we understand special teams, we've got to be we got to be really, really good in special teams. The hidden yardage battle, we've got to win those. We can't turn the ball over on offense. And then we got to be opportunistic and get it back on defense. And if we do those things, we'll have a chance in every game. How do you split your time in the rooms? You're a defensive guy at heart, but you, there's you got a lot of you got linebacker rooms, but you also got wide receiver rooms and full yeah, offense. I think you know I've hired really really good people, and I'm not uh, too proud to say that that I made mistakes and you learn from your mistakes. When I was the head coach before, I tried to do everything, and you know I'm I'm not good enough to do that. So. Now I just call touchdown plays on offense. Of course, was obviously, <laughs> those are all yours. <laughs> and then the defensive side, I, that's you mentioned it. It's kind of where I grew up. So I spend more time with those guys. I feel like I'm that more valuable in that room. Offensively, I want to at least know, you know, schematically what we're doing, where I can hold a conversation on game day and maybe provide some insight on some things I see just from a defensive lens. But again, I think we've hired really, really good people. It's my job to build them up and empower them to do their job and, and try to help them any way I can. Coach, I've always had this theory of teams that come to Vegas to play uh, have kind of a disadvantage because their players kind of go wild. They're in Vegas. Maybe they go out. Some of them do some stuff, stay out late. Uh, is there an advantage? You know, we play in Allegiant Stadium, which is obviously one of the finest football facilities in the world. And right now I'm selling it to our team, we're 2-0 and in that building. So we're creating a little bit of that feel uh, that, yes, it can be it can be a, a huge advantage for us, whether it's the lights, the attraction, the palm trees, the desert, whatever it is, um, I think it can be huge for us. And there, there's space in Vegas for a great college football team. Yeah, he means like the guys going down to the Tropicana coast. For sure. Like the other team. golden nuggets. Like, you know, it's like when James Harden would, would you know, They're, go out at the after sure. game and go to a little club, you know, because <laughs> they're good cities at Adam. We heard about that. Yeah, so we allegedly. But I would, if I were a team coming to Vegas or like going to Hawaii, a whole yeah. different environment, yeah. I definitely want to experience that. 
maybe pass out some vouchers. <laughs> like you want to taste it, you don't want to drink it, right? I'm thinking if I'm a coach bringing a team in here, I'm on edge because I'm thinking about the what ifs, and then you get into that. You know, it, it's different, but uh, we need to use that as an advantage for sure. You ran a ten six hundred. Is that true? Downhill. Oh, uh, don't do that. Don't do it. It was wind. a great wind. At my no, we don't do. So, come on, don't be. Don't I, be I could run. I mean, I, I was blessed with speed, and um, yeah, was in a, in a great high school that's, athletic. Program. That's that's really fast. It's pretty fast. In, yeah. in high school, in college, what position did you play? I played running back in high school and linebacker, and then I went to the University of Missouri. They recruited me as a running back. That lasted about three days, and this is awesome. Our head coach Larry Smith. What a wonderful man. He called my dorm room, his secretary did, and said, hey, you need to come see Coach Smith. And I was like, I haven't skipped class. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I thought you are in trouble yeah. immediately. <laughs> so I walk into his office. He's got glasses on down, and he looks through his glasses. He's like, are you Odom? I said, yes, sir. And uh, he goes, hey, you're moving to linebacker this afternoon. And I, was, I thought I was you know, a great running back. And I was like, do I have a vote? And he said, no. And I was yes, sir. And I just stood there. I was kind of like, wait a minute. What what just happened? He goes, what? And I was, he said, do you have something to say? And I said, no, sir. And he goes, okay, there's the door. So anyway, then I moved to linebacker, started four years. Uh, so it was a great move. He obviously knew what he was doing. So how quickly did you get to play from the day he said, we're moving you to linebacker until uh, you actually got in a game? I, I played in the first game of the year. And then about game six, five or six, I got my first start and started every other game of my career. Did it feel natural? And are you happy now that you were able to make that transition? Or oh, yeah. you were I forced think, to make the transition? No, I think it, obviously they knew what they were doing. I was, you know, a much better defensive player than than a running back. And I think probably in the world of coaching, it helped me a great deal. Just a little bit of both sides of the ball, but then the understanding of getting your best guys in the right spots, how important that is. Um, have you had to move kids? We have, but I... I've taken a little bit more of approach of um, asking them, you know, and giving them the picture on the reasons why. Or maybe because if if you're not into something, you'll never reach your potential. Um, So I think, you know, it's wise if you have conversation and you look at it and explain to them the reasons why you want to do something like that. Your son was a really good high school player. He's here with you now. What's that dynamic for him? What's that dynamic for you? It's probably really difficult on more than I think, maybe on them. Um, our oldest son is a freshman linebacker here at UNLV. And that was your running back first. And you said, no, hit the door. Yeah, right. There's the door. You're the linebacker. No. Um, but it's been, I've never had a chance to coach my own kids. And I wondered how it would be. And I've told him, I said, you're going to hear a lot of stuff in the locker room. Like they're talking about the head coach and that happens to be your dad. He's like, I've heard it all my life. I'm good, Dad. So he's handled it in a wonderful, unbelievable way. And I've got a son that's a junior in high school. It's a quarterback. And in the city, everybody knows. I mean, he's a good player. So luckily, he looks and acts and has the athletic ability of his mother. So he's got a chance. Um, They both have grown up in it. They hear in the stands, you know, every week about, how bad your dad either sucks or how great of a coach he is. It kind of depends on the on the results. When you have young children, is that something you have to talk with them about? Because again, you you're a famous, you're a larger than life figure to a lot of people. You're someone depending on. I mean, at Missouri, even at Arkansas, 
now here, people have a lot of opinions because they love the university or the program so much. I wouldn't want it any other way because if there weren't people with opinions, you would you would not have fans. There wouldn't be the passion that makes up what college football is. I think the family dynamic for us, um, you know, their earliest really memory were in the SEC, and that was a good training ground for them, which I think um, will help them for the rest of their life. So, what's 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 the ceiling at UNLV? You know, I'm really excited about um, the opportunity to build this into a national brand. I don't see any reason in the world now, after being here for nine months, why we can't turn it into an elite program. They're expanding the playoffs to twelve next year. Um, I you, believe that's this. where your mind is. I like that. So it's not you're just trying to win the conference because the twelve. Because mm-hmm. you do know if you go undefeated, yeah. you can get in as a non-power right. there's five. Gonna, there's going to be the the winner of the Mountain West Conference. Yeah. You're going to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, selfishly, I want to leave a legacy here. It it can be done. We get to write our story and. There's resources here to do it. Um, that's the vision. I feel like the 12 team, because four was cool. I was, I was happy to see it, but I like 12, and eventually it'll be 16 probably. Yeah. But I feel like that gives fan bases and some of the G5 schools like real hope that they also can be in the mix because they, they deserve to be in the mix. It's amazing. My last year, I was the defense coordinator at Memphis, and my last year we won the conference and we're really good. And if we would have been in – if it had been in 12 playoff teams that year, we would have been in, I believe. And I don't know at the end of the year, I don't know if there's anybody in the country that wanted to play us. Um, was D'Angelo Williams on that team? He was a little bit before then. Was he? Yeah. But it that is exciting, and you can recruit to that, and you build your program with a chip on your shoulder on that's what we're going to go do. Um, because now it's possible. Was, was Norvell – it was, that, he replaced us. Johnny so left. So I knew everything yeah. except for when you were there. So <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty close. Well, you're all around. Every yeah. part of it except yeah. for your part. Yeah. You were getting yeah. close. If I could have <laughs> let you keep on talking, you would have hit it eventually. Like shots on goal. <laughs> you may not know this, Coach, but I'm also a coach. I coach my son's nine-year-old basketball team. And every time we score, it's like, a, yeah, like, yeah, we celebrate. We did it. Well, what's up with coaches that can't celebrate a touchdown? You got a straight face. I don't know. What is that? Have you seen me the last three weeks? <laughs> You're like me coaching basketball? No, I almost, yeah, slightly pulled a hamstring celebrating. <laughs> I mean, I want our guys to play the game with emotion and energy. And, I mean, if you sit there and can hide it, then that's great. Everybody's got to be their own person. Yeah. But I'm into the game. I mean, I think I look at a little bit, too, through experiences um, – I can take some of those moments and really appreciate them. You know, we had discussion this year as a group of coaches because now they're doing interviews at the end of the first quarter and into the third quarter. And some guys are like, oh, I'm too focused. I can't do that. That's great. You can't. But come on, seriously, every TV timeout's not like two minutes and 45 seconds. If you can't take 20 seconds to do an interview, I mean, you can give coaching points during those TV timeouts. And then you're sitting around, okay, what do you do for the next minute and 30 seconds? You're just trying to keep them focused. Um, I think it's perspective. I, I love the emotion of the game. It's the way it should be done yeah. in, in in my small world. Final three questions. What if you have to go to the bathroom? Do you ever just – Good question. Can you just leave during a game? Or have you just done it on yourself? Well, yeah. don't look too closely. Yeah. Um, That's why I didn't wear khakis. 
you know, you could go in the medical tent on the sideline. Do they turn it up though? Just wait, wait, wait. Is yeah. there a toilet in there? Yeah. Or you just no, you could. Make it work. In the grass. Yeah. You know, All right. They nature. pulled the tin down. There's a big pile of poop. <laughs> They're like, what just happened? Why did it? No, okay. I mean, I guess, I, I guess you this, it hasn't. So you've never had to go to the bathroom in a game. No. And been like, I got to no, go. No, run it at halftime. Like, man, I need to. Sure. That, I need that, to go. That makes sense. Not in the, no, it hasn't hit me in the moment. I know he's going to blame me if this doesn't work. And he has to go like <laughs> in the next couple weeks. <laughs> if you see me spread off. Yeah, if I see you go with that tank, coach, it's going to know what I know now. All right. Final two questions. Yeah. Coach. Uh, so if a player screws up, would do you like during the game, would you rather you handle it and talk to him or would you rather the offense, the, the OC or the defense coordinator deal with all that? You know, really I look at um, there's going to be mistakes in a game. The only time that I really get frustrated is it, is it something that's a lack of effort? or something that just mentally not focused where they need to be. And I'm, I'm not a yelling, demeaning coach. That's not my style. They don't want to make a mistake. So find out, okay, why did it happen? And then let's get it fixed. Don't, let's not have it happen again. If it's effort-based, they won't be in the game anyway. Uh, so we, we don't really have those issues. But, I mean, I've made plenty of mistakes in the game as a coach and a player. So correct it. Um, that situation is going to come up again. If you build them up, they'll have a chance to go make the play next time. Last question. I don't want this to sound creepy. Uh-oh. I like to lead it like that because oh, it usually does. It's like <laughs> when someone goes, no offense, <laughs> but you're often offended. The truth always yeah. comes after the word but. But no, well, I don't want to sound creepy, but like, are you like ripped in shape now? Like, what's the deal? You look good. He wants you to take your shirt off. Like, do you, are, have you been? Do you want to see a flex? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding, coach. You, when I, but as soon as I walked That's in, very nice. I seen him like, yeah. A year? Yeah. So what, what's the deal? The city's been great too. You dehydrated yeah. so much? Are you working yeah. out? Like it's, what's it's uh that's very kind of you. I've I've still got a long ways to go. I I want to coach because I don't really have any other hobby. I love my family more than anything in the world. But like hobbies, um I want to coach for a long time. And I think the way that you can do that is number one, you better be able to win games. But the health side of it, the really if you don't carry, take care of yourself, you have no chance. Mentally, you have no chance. And the season is so long um, that you've got to plan on what does that look like, what works for you. And I've shed a few. I've got a few more to go. How about me noticing that? Yeah. You look good. Were you creeped out at all, Coach, by that question? I kind of liked it. Yeah, good. 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 Yeah. good. You know what? I kind of like saying it, too. <laughs> and I held eye contact the whole time, so you know I'm sincere. That's right. Uh, we're rooting for you, Coach, really. Thanks, fellas. We, we really are rooting for you, uh, for you and the program. Yeah. And, you know, the first thing, even off the mic, we were just talking. I don't think you'll care if I say this. You're like, there's every opportunity for us to win here. That's what you said. Yeah. The resources are here. Uh, the ability to you know, get good coaches here. And so I know you're going to do it and I'm super excited to see what you guys do this season. And maybe that driver next year, when we get him again, he'll be like, we made our first freaking bowl game. Yeah. Well, that'd, that'd be awesome. Coach, thank you for your time. Thanks, Thanks guys. Great to see you. Hey girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of the girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. 
with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Next up is the nation's leader in combined kick return yards, Jacob DeJesus, you know this guy, not a big guy. No. But quick as a mother. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, quick as a mother. As a mother. Yeah. <laughs> he transferred to UNLV from Modesto Junior College. Instant impact. Not only returning, but he's catching balls every week. UNLV's 3-1. and one. I hope they win this weekend. Big fan. Big UNLV guy now. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Rebels. Rebels. You Ooh. can follow him on Twitter at Jacob DeJesus21 to keep up with the season. Here he is, Jacob DeJesus. What's the board and stage back there? The board right there? Yeah, you one of the football top performers. So, yeah, like, how do I get up there? What do I got to, like, mm-hmm. have a bench press? Yeah, bench press, um, squat, and clean, power clean. Oof. clean. The top dogs are up there. They put their names and stuff on there. So, I'm just going to be honest if i'm because we I, you could tell our you, you look at me like dude's ribbed i get it thank for you. sure for thank sure, you for yeah. saying that um, <laughs> you didn't say that though no no but i wanted to <laughs> so i probably bench now when you bench now do you do a one press max or is it like a three what what is what's the rule um well yeah sometimes we have a three rep max or five rep max never yeah. one uh yeah sometimes we also do go for a one rep max too yeah i can one rep max about 230 
Oh, okay. Which, which uh, you, you don't have to laugh. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm all the no, older, a little thin. I get it. But if I'm one rep, I say two thirty, and I could probably squat like three ten mm-hmm. once. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I could probably clean. No, I'm ter- terrible at cleans. Like my, my arms are uh-huh. like bad wrists. I say that. I'm yeah, bad wrists. Yeah, yeah. Like one eighty-five. <laughs> okay. All that combined. So would even combined, if we put all those into a number, is there any way I can make that board on any of the lifts? Uh, like even bench press. I think. You said top dogs. Yeah, I think you probably might be second to last or dead last. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. All of those categories. Yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> so I wouldn't even make, so there's nobody on the team weaker than me uh, in any category. The kicker. Oh, some of the kickers are yeah. some. Kickers I didn't even get really, all the kickers. <laughs> some of the kickers are actually really uh, yeah, explosive. They they're pretty strong. Yeah. Our, um, well, I just saw the board and thought maybe I'd have a shot there. <laughs> Be pretty cool if I was up there, huh? Um, you're having a heck of a year. I mean, thank you. you, thank you. Just it, it just started, but yes, thank you. Three games in as we're speaking now. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a significant. That's a, when that ball. I'm just punts first. When the ball is in the air mm-hmm. and you're watching the ball come down. Are you ever looking at also to see where the players are coming at you? No. Or is it only the ball? You got to keep your eyes on the ball, just like baseball. Because if you take your focus off the ball, you know, uh, you know, you're going to get distraction. You could you could lose track of it and drop it, you know, uh, and that's all bad. Dropping the ball, you don't want to do that. Um, so yeah, you kind of just see them out of your peripheral or you kind of like have a sense of feeling of how long the ball is in the air and you could kind of just sense the players you know coming so you know if you feel that they're right on you you're going to want a fair catch but if you feel like you have time to uh, escape and get out of there and you want to catch it and get some yards yeah i imagine it's such a fine line between escape and get out of there and fair catch though mm-hmm. and your mind are you ever just undecided like oh god yeah definitely i feel like last game uh I was definitely, you know, uh, I was in that situation. Um, I felt like I could have took it, but at the very last second, I, you know, called for a fair catch because I felt like one of their players was super close, like right here nearby me. So I uh, fair caught it, and then my coach came to the sideline. My coach was like, good decision. He was like, man, you should have took that out there. I was like, all right, next time I got you. So what's the rule if you are back up? So if you're, the, you're standing at the five or ten, like walk yeah. me through that. Uh, our rule is we're going to stand at the eight, and uh, not back up. Um, so what we try to do is if the ball is kicked over your head at eight yards, you're going to want to still look up and act like you're going to catch the ball. So the defense, you know, is a little distracted by you because you don't want them to touch the ball, grab the ball when it's at the two yard line. That's tough for the offense to get out of the, uh, you know, that's a tough off uh, spot for the offense to get out of. So, um, you know, if it's over or you if it's above the eight yard line like the 10 to 12 you're gonna want to fair catch it catch it right there that's a better spot than on the five or the two yard line or on the one so yeah if, if you're on the uh, red zone punt and um you just don't want to back up stay on the eight and just don't back up how risky is it if the ball hits the ground and now you got to make a decision because footballs are mm-hmm. oddly shaped yeah kind of can't predict the balance yeah what goes through your mind can you judge where it's going to go or are you just praying to God it lands in your hands? <laughs> uh, like, oh, sometimes it's praying to God, you know, but we try to squ- stay square with the ball. Um, but just like you said, it's a football is oddly shaped. It's unpredictable. It can go. There's no real way of really telling where it's going to go, like off the bounce because of how it's shaped. Uh, but yeah, you just want to stay square with the ball about a good five yard distance. Man, hopefully you get a good bounce. 
you're talking about acting, you know, like the ball, mm-hmm. you're going to catch the ball. Yeah. Can you overact a little bit? Like, can you be like, oh, well, yeah. like you got to practice on acting. How are yeah. you going to do that? Right? Definitely. Uh, our coach tries to tell us to keep your eyes up. Like, don't um, take your eyes like off because once the defense sees that you're not looking anymore, they're going to start looking up to see where the ball actually is. But if you keep your eyes up, they're going to think, okay, he's really about to catch it. But yeah, I've played with it a little bit, especially in junior college. Um, I would run, start pointing at the ball, and the defense, it it attracts the uh, defenders a lot of times, and the ball goes rolling in the end zone. So yeah, you could definitely overact it, overemphasize it, and uh, it usually works out pretty well. There's a play that Benning is my team that I've seen, and it's all on the internet. It's embarrassing. But uh, I believe the guy maybe from Texas State, he's taking a punt. Uh-huh. He does not fair catch it, but he catches it and just stands. Uh-huh. Have you seen that? Yeah, seen, I've seen this. And then everybody thinks he fair caught it, and then he uh-huh. takes off and scores a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That's the bravest thing I've ever that seen in my life. Re- really, really brave because you got to have some – Balls, yeah. Man. I mean, could and have, have they asked you to do anything like that? Could you do no, that? They have, they have never asked me. Would like you that. do it? I think, honestly, I think I might take my chance and do that, but I think I would come back to the sideline and get yelled at if I ever tried it again. But, um, I think that's a very risky move, Woo. very risky because you know it's it's high risk, high reward. Because if you sit there and act like you know, say you did fair catch and they run over to the sideline, you got the free, <laughs> yeah, yeah, brain to run, but uh. Yeah, man, that's a risky move. I don't know, like that. Would, you'd have to pay me some money to do that, honestly. <laughs> you ever get, you ever get the timing wrong and you don't call a fair catch and you catch it, and as soon as you catch it, you just whack lay down. That has happened to me before, not at this level yet, um, but that has happened to me before in uh, high school and junior college. You know, thinking that you have more time than you do, as soon as you catch it, you get hit, and you know, sometimes it happens. But uh, yeah, what's the key? to catching a punt is it not to use your pads is it to just adjust accordingly to whatever the ball is doing sometimes you do use your pads um yeah well the first thing you want to do is you want to get square with the ball if it's behind you you want to make sure you turn around and run and you want to get square with the ball you don't want to catch it outside of your face sure over here or out here the best thing is to keep your your hands up like i would say about eye level keep your elbows in because if your elbows are here like that you a lot of the times the ball just goes right through you're catching in the basket yeah exactly. so you're not you catching it with your hands at all like a receiver no definitely not we actually get yelled at if we catch it like that doesn't Sometimes. that hurt your stomach though a little bit oh like, it hits well, your stomach hey look at him like, and look at you <laughs> look at look at whose stomach it is that's why i'm asking yeah. i'm asking for myself yeah no, I sometimes it would hit maybe <laughs> your chest, but no, nah, not really your stomach. Yeah. Maybe your chest sometimes, yeah. But you want to try to catch it like in the in the basket, like he said, right, right, right there. When you're yeah. playing wide receiver though, and there's a let's say it's a it's a go route and it's mm-hmm. a ball that's up, do you sometimes have to remember I'm not catching a punt? <laughs> I now have to catch it slightly different. Uh, I never really get confused like that, but uh, <laughs> you know I can see the confusion sometimes that people may have. They're always getting told to catch like this, uh, but yeah, that never really happens to me. No. <laughs> What's the difference in a kick return and a punt return? Um, they're very similar actually, um, but the kicks are different. Usually, a punt is like spiral. The the ball will be spiraling like a like a throw. Um, and a kickoff will usually be spinning like back and forth like that. So I would say kickoffs are definitely easier to catch, um, but you catch it the same way as you would a, a punt. Does the guys coming? I feel like the guys coming down on kickoff coverage team have more room to run yeah. before the hitting starts. Yeah. Where 
on the punt team, maybe you got gunners, you got people blocking at the line. Yeah. So it's kind of a mixed bag of who gets there when. Mm-hmm. You know, every freaking buddy's coming down on the kick. Do they yeah. hit harder on kickoff? Yes, definitely. They definitely hit harder on kickoff. Um, I would say usually it's bigger guys too on kickoff than on punt. Um, so, but yeah, like you said, they have they they get a ten yard head start and are usually yeah ten yard head start and they're coming down the field flying usually. But um, our coach has a good blocking scheme. Uh, you know, uh, set up for us so that I can have time to catch it and, you know, get some positive yards. All right, final three questions. I want to move over to the receiving part of it for a second. When you catch a touchdown pass, mm-hmm. that's awesome, right? Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Right? <laughs> Definitely. It's just like, I, if I caught one, I would just immediately start twerking or something, hit a flag. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even mean to do it. I would, it would just take take over yeah. my body. Mm-hmm. Like, how cool is it to catch a touchdown pass? It's, it's insane, especially when it's... Uh, like in an important game and in the midst of an important game, uh, catching a touchdown pass like that, it's it's a it's an amazing feeling, man. Amazing. I wish I, I, wish I could do that. Especially when it's a play that you guys been practicing, you know, all week. Do you ever hope like please, because you don't ever know if it's coming to you, unless yeah. you may be the first option. Yeah. But are you just like, come on, I just want to be the option. I just yeah. want to be the option. Wait, when they call plays, they don't say like, all right, it's coming to you. No. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> like in uh. You know, youth football, that would happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the Madden, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going to you, Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. I do that. Okay. No, okay. definitely not. The quarterbacks can't, you know, predetermine who they're going to throw the ball to. It's based off, you know, the looks of the defense and, uh, you know, the pressure that they're getting and who's open. So when you're running a route, oftentimes, you know, you don't even know if you're going to get the ball. But, you know, you run as if you are going to get the ball every time. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, so the, the other day you had a hell of a run, man. Like you were like right there. I got you at the two yard line. Oh man! Like what? What happened? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. A couple of teammates say I'm slow, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know what. Did you know you were gonna get got, or is it a surprise? Um, I I mean, I knew they were definitely coming. They were chasing me. Did I you hear, do you hear that? Um, no, I didn't hear it. You just but got I it. actually like saw on the jumbotron. That's as funny. I was running. And I seen that he was coming behind me, but I also seen that I had a few blockers next to me. I thought they were one of them was gonna stop him. Uh, I always tease him about that. But um, so when I seen him, I actually started running kind of like the opposite direction, and it almost worked. He started like to st- stumble a little bit, but he dove out and and got, got lucky. Foot. Got lucky. Yeah, he got yeah. lucky. Is what I happened. couldn't stay on my feet, man. I was two two yards away. Man. <laughs> what are you thinking when you get up from that? Are you uh, just like, and it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm feeling like, man, that would have been the coolest <laughs> thing ever. And now, I mean, it was still kind of cool, but that would have been, you know, an amazing experience to score that because um, I think it's been 12 years. I heard some people say 20. I think Mark told me 12. It's been 12 years since a kick return has been scored uh, for UNLV. So it would have been amazing to, you know, break that record. But, man. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for reminding us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, finally moving on to the next <laughs> yeah. chapter. Yeah, this yeah. about it. Okay, so <laughs> final question. Making the jump from junior college to here we are, UNLV, Division mm-hmm. One, G5 school. You're playing big school. You're playing Michigan. You're playing Vanderbilt. What's the difference in speed and how quickly were you able to um, just feel like it's, okay, this is every day now? Yeah, um, I would say the I got adjusted to the speed pretty well um, at this level. I feel like the speed is a little different. I feel like, but it also isn't at the same time. I think football is football everywhere you go. Maybe you know at any level. 
I think the NFL is awfully obviously on another level but um you know I could definitely feel like it's, it's still the same like it's football is football and uh but I would say the things that people are a lot bigger at this level like you said faster too uh, they hit but the yeah they do but um the bigger the biggest thing is people are a lot smarter at this level I feel like you know um and reading coverages and defenses was something that I didn't have to do in high school or in junior college as much. So just getting used to that at this level is a, a big thing because um, it's not just your athletic ability, athletic ability on the field because everyone here is an athlete at this level. Everyone's fast. Everyone's not everyone's big, but uh, you know, everyone is smart and the people who are smarter, those are the ones who usually excel at the top level because it's all about, you know, reading de defenses and, you know, seeing different coverages or vice versa, reading offenses and seeing, you know, the different looks and executing it. Final, so, final question. I lied. Hey, 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 hey. One more, one more. Because you're leading the nation right now in these categories. It's uh, power returns, kick returns. Mm -hmm. Like, I would just want to go. If it was close, I'm just like, I'm just going to go because I need, yeah. I want to to stay up at the top. <laughs> like, I want to get on that board back there, right? Yeah. So, same thing. I would be like, all right, I gotta I gotta keep leading the nation, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get. How do you not think about that? Um, I I tend to not really think about it as much. I really didn't even know that I was you know in that statistic category until you know UNLV posted it and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I tend not to think about that. I tend to just listen to my coaches and you know focus on you know just getting yards for my team or just making the play for my team and not really focus on individual things like that it is a cool you know accolade to have but it could be gone next week you know what i mean um not if you run every time that's what i would yeah. do it would never be gone all right here we go you know well we try to uh, implement a plan each week for you know to get big returns and stuff like that and i think coach shebus is I honestly think he's the best uh, special teams coach in the nation. So, you know, we have a very good coach that just um, – and I, and I just trust in him and his plan. And I feel like they, you know, vice versa, they trust in me and give me the keys to drive it. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Congrats on a good – Thank you guys. So Thank you guys for this interview. So yeah, well. I'm about to catch some punts like this. <laughs> yeah, me too. You guys kept talking about the punts, and I kept looking out like, what are they looking at? No, we were acting, we were yeah. living it. Yeah, we were yeah. feeling it. Good to see you. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Thank you. That's Thank you. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. Boom. DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Let's go. Let's, I'm going to let you know. I've, I, I, I'm going to tell you what I did. La, mo, the Monday night game, which we haven't counted in my, my audit yet because mm-hmm. we do that when we come into the show on mo- Monday. Monday. Um, I missed a lot. A lot. And then I made one stupid bet that was like one of those where I put like six things in an end game. And hit it. And it was just it was just stupid. Saved you? Yeah. I actually made money the mm-hmm. night. It was like Ray talking about fantasy and how Denver scored seven had seventy points scored against them and their defense still scored fourteen. It was one of those kind of nights for me, <laughs> except I got to be Denver. But uh, we'll talk about that. But now just go to DraftKings. Football is more fun when you're in on the action. Download the app now. Sign in with the code Bobby Sports. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with the code Bobby Sports. The crown is yours. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Gambling problem. 100 Gambler in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369. See show notes for full details. Question. Hold. Okay. First this. All right. Player and music. Eddie, you have a question? Why don't you do that disclaimer like recorded? I mean, you nail it live. It's awesome. But why don't you just record that once so you don't have to do it all the time? I don't know. (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing how you do it. Oh, thanks. Like, I've tried that. I did that for a commercial a while back, and I'm like, just save it. For the, yeah. I I did it like one sentence at a time. Then I went, all right, stop, cut, edit this part. Nice work. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. (laughs) Also, too, I had another comment. Yeah. These gloves. So we've gotten to go to these colleges, right? Gotten some cool receiving gloves. Everyone wears gloves out there, right? Like linemen, everyone? Not everybody, but different kinds of gloves too. Different uh, textures on them. Man, 
when you put these gloves on, Ray, it changes your whole idea on Odell Beckham and the one-handed catch. <laughs> They're a little sticky? Or uh, what? Yeah. I'm telling you, I go home and you're I say, an, boys, you're I, an idiot. I throw my boys a football. I say, hey, you think throw you can it catch to me. like Odell Beckham with, because you have a glove? You're an idiot. Bro, hey, well, I, love, well, I love you though, but you're an idiot. Get that football and throw it to me. I'll, I'll catch you no, one. I'll break no. a light. We'll do this next <laughs> next next visit. We do. We gotta test it's this. It's still because again, you're all talking about velocity from an NFL quarterback. You're talking about guys in front of you trying to bl- smoking mirrors, man. Okay, I'm okay. telling you, my boys threw me ten balls. All of them I caught one hand. Nine year old. Guarantees for the week. Uh, Kevin, read us ours real quick. Okay, we had Reed, who's not here. He had Colts minus two. Okay, Eddie. Cowboys minus seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck, dude. I had Georgia minus 14 and a half, and you have Arkansas plus six and a half. Okay. Raymond, <laughs> give us a guarantee. Yeah, uh, college football, Kansas plus 16 and a half, Texas. I like that one. Okay, that's Raymundo's. He doesn't owe us any money if he misses that. What? Right, right, right. But you guys go listen to Sore Losers. It's our sister. We'll call him sister. They're the sister. Yeah, it's our We're sis- the older brother. It's our sister podcast. <laughs> um, same network. Uh, we all work together. If you're listening to this and you don't listen to the Bobby Bones show, we all work together. But check out the Sore Losers, Raymundo and Lunchbox. Have a great weekend, everybody. Mike, am I forgetting anything? We got everything. I also want to say shout out to Kansas State. More talk about that next week. They were the, it was shout the greatest out. experience. So cool. Kansas State, I'm a big fan. Awesome. Rooting for Kansas State football like crazy now. That's right. And uh, Eddie, blow us and we'll get out of here. You got it. Here we go. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.